today's message is run for refuge. And I've got an, uh, a, an interesting story here about uh, a soldier back in, in World War II. It says that during World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. The fighting had been intense, and the smoke and the crossfire, he had lost touch with his comrades. Alone in the jungle, he could hear enemy soldiers coming in his direction. Scrambling for cover, he found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in the rock. Quickly, he crawled inside one of the caves. Although safe for the moment, he realized that once the enemy soldiers looking for him swept up the ridge, they would quickly search all the caves and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord, if it be your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I love you and trust you. Amen. After praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy begin to close, draw close. He thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. Just then, he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. As he watched, listening to the enemy, searching for him all the while, the spider layered strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Ha, he thought, what I need is a brick wall, and what the Lord has sent me is a spider's web. God does have a sense of humor. As the enemy drew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout and could see them searching one cave after another. As they came to his, he got ready to make his last stand. To his amazement, however, after glancing in the direction of the cave, they moved on. Suddenly he realized that the spider web over the entrance, his cave, looked as if no one had entered for quite a while. Lord, forgive me, prayed the young man. I had forgotten that in you... A spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. Is this true for you? When times get hard, when things get difficult, who do you turn to? Where do you run to? Do you run to God? Or do you run to, to someplace other than Him where you, you feel safe, but there's no way that it could possibly be as strong as Him? Uh, where do you go for help? Where do you run for res refuge? Whether you answer yes or no, or maybe you even answer, I don't know. What, what does that look like practically in our lives? Is there a way that we can know that God can be that presence that we need when times get difficult? And I'm hoping to explore that in, in this morning's message. And in that, I just want to share with you an, an amazing way that God has worked through this message in Psalm chapter 46. What happened was is that I, I didn't just pick this, this, this psalm because of, of what is going on right now within our world. This was actually decided uh, months ago. I, I talked to our seniors and I asked them, what is a passage of scripture that, that you would love to be able to have me, me teach on on the day that we honor you? And they came back with me, Psalm chapter 46. And it's just an amazing story as, as we read this psalm and we see the message of this psalm and how it is such a strength and such an encouragement for us as we, as we deal with difficult times. God had orchestrated months ago for us to be able to, to have this encouraging word today. 
And it, it just goes to show you, first of all, that, that God is listening. God knows what is happening. God knows what is going on in our lives. And he can be there for us during these difficult times because nothing is too big for him. But in the scripture, it says in verse 1, it says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Refuge. What is it? What is a refuge? In, in the dictionary, it can be described as, as a place to find safety and shelter from a pursuit. Safety or shelter from a pursuit. And, and when I first hear this word refuge, it, in my mind, it, it reminds me of some place where you would go to, 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 to quickly to, 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 to look around and just find the, the, the most available space that you can go for help, much like that, that story that we just read. It reminds me of a time when I was... Uh, uh, riding uh, uh, on my bikes at a family camp many years ago uh, with a group of guys, and, and we were going up Warren Wagon Road, and we were coming up to the to the end of the road where it goes from pavement to dirt, and all of a sudden a thunderstorm came came pouring through, and it literally just began to just just dump rain on us, and we were exposed. We were we were miles and miles away from. From, from the camp, there was nowhere to go, and as we were, as we were coming down, and as we were going along, we could, the rain was just drenching us, and we could, we could taste the sweat coming off of our brow, and, and finally, we came to a place where we saw where we could duck in, and, and run for cover from, from the rain, and the hail, and the thunder, and the lightning, and, and we hunkered down there, uh, hiding, until all of this, this storm passed by, and, that, that can be an idea of what, what a refuge is, because really, honestly, those trees did give us protection that day. But uh, this, this word for refuge means so much more than that. The foundation of this word is, is the idea of trust. And, and God, for us, is a foundation of trust that we can go to. He's just not a place where we run to last minute when we find ourselves in trouble. He is a, is a, a God that we can go to when, when things go wrong, when things get hard, and, and, and we know that, that it's a place that we can go to that we can trust. We have been there before. We have, we have searched him out, and he, is, he has protected us in the past, and he has protected us, in, and he will protect us in the future. And... For me, it reminds me of a, of a fantastic scene in a movie. And if all of you are aware of, of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, correct? I, I hope you have seen this movie before. In one of the movies, uh, the, the forces of Saruman are coming against the, the nation of Rohan. And it seemed almost impossible for them to be able to defeat this, this, this army of Orokai orcs coming. And... And what they chose to do instead of, of trying to defend the, their, their land in open battle, they ran for a place called Helm's Deep. And the reason why they went there is because for the, for the centuries that that country had existed, they, they always ran to Helm's Deep again because it had always been there and it has always provided safe protection for them. It was a place that they could trust. It was a place that they could go. And, and I want to tell you that, that our God is, is a God who is a, is a fortress for us. 
He is a strength. That word strength that we find in, in, in verse 1 here has, has an idea of a, a stronghold, of a fortress, a place that is, is impermeable, that we can hide behind, and there's nothing that can attack us and get to us that, that God does not want to be able to get to us. And that is the kind of strength that we are talking about. And, and this faith in God is, is, isn't just a, a mental thing that, that we can just hope in and he will protect us mentally, but it is, it is something that we can, we can act upon every single day of our lives. The psalm here that we read is a, is a song. It's a song to, for that, the, that the nation of Israel uh, sang in, in worship to their God, but it, it just wasn't something that was that was just somebody thought of. It was it was inspired by something, like so many of the some of so many of the songs that we that really make an impact on our lives have an inspiration. I think of of some songs that that I know of. One of them is is one by John McCartney, right from the Beatles, and it's some Hey Jude. In, in actuality, the name of the song wasn't originally that. It was actually Hey Jules. And the song that he wrote was written to, to John Lennon's son, Julian, when he was going through a difficult time when, when, when John Lennon had, his, had a divorce from his wife. And he wrote that song to be a comfort to his friend and this, this young child to, to be able to, to lift him up. I think of when I was a kid and, and I'd been singing the Star Spangled Banner for, for, for my entire life. And then you get into American history and you realize that Francis Scott Key wrote that song in response to what he had seen during the Battle of Baltimore in the War of 1812. And it, when you read those things and you hear those things, it, it gives it so much meaning and so much more depth. You can probably remember when you, you first realized uh, the song, It Is Well With My Soul, and the story of Horatio Spafford and, and what it actually meant when he, he went to the place where he lost his family in a, in a, in a sea accident. And you can feel the depth of, of pain, but also the, the, the depth of trust that he has in God during difficult times. And this psalm is written as a response to what, what the people had seen uh, when, when Israel specifically the land of Judah, was being attacked by, by Assyria and King Sennacherib. And what had happened was is that Hezekiah had come to the throne 14 years before that attack had happened. And when Hezekiah came to the throne, he, he was taking over a country that was completely engulfed in, in pagan worship. He, his father before him had had totally abandoned God and had, had pushed the, the paganism of what uh, the nation had been doing to, to extreme levels. They had, they had closed up the temple of God. They had locked the doors. They had, they had caused all the priests to go away. They set up all kinds of spaces throughout the land where there was pagan worship. And it was just a, a horrible situation. And when Hezekiah came to the throne, he realized the, the, the horrible shape that his country was in and, and the, the defeats that they had been taking because of, of, of the sin of, of his father. And he said that he wasn't going to run his country that way. So the first thing that Hezekiah did was that he, he opened up the temple again and he reestablished the sacrifices. And it says that he, when those sacrifices re- reestablished, he, he went to the altar 
and they 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 sacrificed for the sin of the nation and they spread the blood of this sacrifice on the altar for a covering for for sin and so the first thing that he did was recognized his sin and he said i i i we can't continue with this any longer and he ran to the provision that god had provided for that sin and he created sacrifices again and then the next thing next act as king that he did a month later was he said not only do we have to make a sacrifice for sin but we have to to keep the passover once more and even though it was even with the right time of of the year to be able to do passover he he called the whole nation together again and he said we need to do this we need to remember the time that god was there for us and when we were slaves in egypt god came and he rescued us he redeemed us he took us from that land and he brought us to this land and he made us his people and they recognized at that point that they were to be god's people once again and and they recognized that god had purchased them and they and he made them his own his own people and the people dedicated th- their country to god again so hezekiah made a decision he made a decision to to trust in the sacrifice uh, uh, that would ultimately be pictured in jesus christ and his death on the cross and and also to say we are god's people and they dedicated their lives to him at that point and not only did he establish the the religious service of of the people again but he 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 began to walk in the purposes that god had made him for he began to do the job that god gave him and and as the years had passed by and he continued to walk in the way that god wanted him to he saw what was happening he saw that the assyrian army was coming they had just destroyed and defeated uh the northern neighbor of israel just a few years earlier and he said we cannot allow that to happen again and so what he did was is that he took and he took rock and he took the walls that had been broken down and and neglected in the past and he built up those walls again and he began to make towers and he began to make strongholds and not only did he make one wall he made a second wall to be able to protect his people from the oncoming army that was happening but not only that but he 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 denied the army any kind of of water any kind of 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 refreshment so he took his people and he, they clogged up every single spring that was that was surrounding the 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 city and and the nation so that that the Assyrian army could not have a fresh supply of water and from there he took one of those springs and he diverted it to make sure that that the city would have a supply of water when they needed it so we have our foundation he his his faith wasn't just something that he well his faith wasn't just something that he had mentally his faith was something that was so ingrained in him he began to to live through it personally he he his 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 faith his belief in god changed his actions and it just reminds me that 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 we are to to focus on him and and the final act that he did was he went throughout the rest of the land and he destroyed all of those those areas where where they had built uh uh pagan worship sites and 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 altars to to foreign gods he went through and he destroyed them all because he knew that we they had to focus on 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 god and it reminds me of of that verse that i was able to share 
uh, a couple weeks ago um, on, on one of my, my Saturday uh, stories, one of my, my Saturday greetings. And it says that uh, we are to, to lay aside all the, all the weight and the sin that entangles us. We need to get rid of those things, get rid of those sins that, that keep us from, from, from living the life that God wants us to live. And other, when we get rid of those things, then we focus on Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. We keep our eyes on Christ. We keep our eyes on him. He protected his people. He did what he could. But ultimately, and I think this can be true for all of us, as we begin to, to walk the walk that God wants us to, to, to live, and we begin to, to, to be the people that he wants us to be, and we begin to, be, to have the purpose that God wants us to have, it's still sometimes it's not going to be enough. Eventually, eventually, the, the Assyrian army was going to tear down, break down their walls. Eventually, they, they were going to run out of water. Eventually, all of the things that, that Hezekiah had planned and prepared beforehand were going to ultimately fail. And so, so he went to God in prayer. He went to him and he said, God, this is beyond anything that I can do. There, this is beyond anything that I am able to, to accomplish within myself. I need you, God. I need you in my life. And he wholly trusted in him. And, and, and what did God do? God faithfully protected him. He faithfully protected him. And if you know the story of what had happened, God, in the middle of the night, as the army was surrounding their city, hundreds of thousands of soldiers were ready to take Jerusalem and destroy it. After he prayed this prayer, God reassured him that God, he was going to take care of him. And in the middle of the night, the Assyrian army came through. The Assyrian army was sitting there, and the angel of the Lord came through and decimated the army, destroyed it, barely left anything there, and it, it caused the, the, the king to have to go back to Assyria empty-handed. And eventually later, he was, he was actually murdered by his, his own children. God completely saved his people. He truly was with the, the fortress and the strength and the refuge that they needed. And with that being true, with that being true, with, with God being our protector, God being our strength, God being the one who we can go to with, with our, our sin and with us needing to belong to something, something bigger than ourselves, and, us, and, and him giving us a purpose and a meaning in life and knowing that we can, we can boldly come to his throne and ask him for help in time of need. With that truth in mind, we have to be assured that we don't have to fear. And this is where we come to in, in, chapter, in, in verse 2. It says, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. We are to be fearless in the face of trials. And I got to ask you, honestly, how have you responded these last two months? With, with the idea of a, of a, a pandemic surrounding us, 
the idea and, and seeing things that, that could be food, food shortages or, or uh, your, your kids not being able to go to school, how have you responded? How, is, how, how has our world responded? And I have one thing to show you that gives you an idea of how our world has responded. And it's this right here. Is you, you look at this and you know exactly how our world has responded. We have responded in fear. And, I, and I'm, one to, I'm guilty of it myself. Right now, in, in my freezer at home, I have eight whole chickens and a complete turkey sitting in my freezer. Because a couple months ago, I told, every time I went to the store, and I went to the store every single day, and I was buying 25-pound bag, bags of rice. I would grab two chickens, and I would throw it into my freezer because I was unsure, and I was afraid that I was going to run out of food. And it's a natural response for us to be able to respond to difficult situations when things seem bleak, when things seem like they're going to become too much. But you may be saying, how, how, how bad can it get? You know, how, how do I know? How, how big is God? How powerful is God? How much trust can I actually put in him? And it describes here in this passage the, the most cataclysmic event that we could possibly imagine. And I, and I want to give you a reminder. If, you, if you're uh, older, a little bit older than me, you, you remember this event. And it's the eruption of Mount St. Helens. And tomorrow, May 18th, is going to be the 40-year anniversary of, of that mountain exploding. And if, if you remember the, the kind of, of, of impact that it had, not only on, on the Pacific Northwest, but the, the entire United States and even the entire world, it, it changed even our, our environment. It changed our climate because one volcano in southern Washington exploded and half of the mountain disappeared in a matter of minutes. And as we look at that picture and, and you see the amount of, of destruction, you remember the amount of, of force and power that happened in those few minutes on, on, in 1980. What, what is described here is way beyond anything that we could possibly imagine. The, the language that the, the psalmist is using here is literally me. Like the whole world, as we know it, has collapsed, is gone. If you remember back in your scripture and you remember when you read Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 and, and the earth at the beginning was just this, this void of water and there was no land. And God in his first act of creation, he drew the, the land up out of the water and caused there to be a place for, for his world to be able to live. And here, all of that is done done. His creation is destroyed. And I want to ask you, are you prepared to trust in God when it feels like the whole foundation of your life is destroyed? Everything that you have based your life on, everything that you put your trust in, is gone. Do you have the faith to be able to trust in the God who, who can deliver you through that? Who can go through those, those terrible times? Do you have your eyes fixed on him? Because if, if we look around and we see the things that are happening in our lives and we see the, the trouble, uh, whether it's, it's this pandemic or we look at the world politically 
or we look at the world just as, as we see, as we see the, the decline of morality in our culture, and, and it can begin to wear on you. Do you respond in faith, or do you respond in fear? Have you, have you gone to one extreme where you say, I am gonna, I'm going to hunker down in my house, and I'm going to cut off all, everything, all of my interactions with everybody, and I, and I even refuse to go outside? Or are you in the other extreme? And you, you say, you know what, I, I'm so afraid of, of the power and the, and the tyranny of the things that I see coming that I'm going to take force and I'm going to take action because I respond in fear that way. Because it looks both ways. You, you, you may be saying, you know, I, I'm being brave, I'm being strong, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but really in your heart, are you acting in fear? Are you acting as if God can't take care of you? And, and I don't want you to get me wrong. I, I, don't, I don't mean to say that you shouldn't take safe precautions. Yes, yes, you should. Hezekiah took safe precautions. He built walls. He planned water. But we also have to say, you know what? We have a God that we can trust and that can protect us as well. And we don't have to live in fear. And not only that, people, not only do we not have to live in fear, but we can actually have a strength and we can have a power that God will give us supernaturally that can allow us to be able to overcome and not only just overcome, but to, 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 to bring about his kingdom and his, his, his love and his, his presence in this world. Because God promises that we can be filled with the power of his presence. And that's what we get in our next few verses. In verse 4 through 7, it says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, I just, I just described to you something that Hezekiah did. He, he, he blocked up all the streams, and he diverted one of the streams, the Gihon, the Gihon to, to, to flow through the city. And, and literally, that was the only supply of water that the nation had. And it was called Hezekiah's Tunnel. And we show a picture of, of one of the entrances to the tunnel, tunnel right there. And at the time, it was, it was an engineering feat because they started at one end of the tunnel and they started at one end of the tunnel and they began to work their way until they met right in the middle where, where they, the, the stream could flow right through there. And that is the only supply of water that God had that, that, that was provided for them. But you read here in this verse, it says that, that, God, that there's a river in the city of God, which is, is Jerusalem, and, and it is what gives the people joy. It makes them glad. That the, but there is no river. There's but just a small, a small spring. And it's so incredibly amazing, the poetry that, that we find here, in that what, what we had, what the people had in that spring, God can provide so much more than, than what, what we think. 
He can, he can provide so much more than what we could possibly ever imagine or what we could possibly ever expect. Because he is the river that, that provides for us. And, and, as I, and as I read this, and I, I see that, that Jerusalem is the place where God's spirit dwelt. It's where his temple was. It's where the nation would come together and, be, and, and, and worship him. And, and if you remember in our studies in Kings, we, we see the glory of the Lord coming down on that temple and, and him resting his glory there. And that's where his presence was. And that's where his spirit dwelt for his people and, and the strength of his people. And, and we, as, as, as God's people, we have that promise as well. I'm reminded of, of two amazing verses in, in, the, in the New Testament. Specifically, it talked about by Jesus. And the first one is in John chapter 4. And if you remember the story of, of the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, she, she, she comes to the well and Jesus asks her to, to give him some water. And she said, yeah, I can give you some water. And in, in that discussion, he said, if you knew who you were talking to, you, you would be able to get a drink from me. And the water that I would be able to give you would be a spring welling up into eternal life. And he said, if you would believe in me and if you would trust in me as, as the Messiah that was, that was promised to come so many years ago, and if you believe that, if you believe in me, I would be able to place in you a, a, a life, a true life that would be able to, to give you hope and meaning and purpose. And it would just indwell you and live within you. And, and, and the second verse that I want to remind you of is in John chapter 7. And it says that, that Jesus, on, on one of the last days of, of, of a feast, stood up among the people. And he, he says that out of, if you believed in him, not only would you have this spring of water in you for eternal life, but this water would actually come up out of you. And out of you, springs of living water would flow from you. And he goes on to say that this living water that, that he gives you is his spirit. And, and I say this so much, and I, I bang this drum almost as much as I possibly can because that's so encouraging to me, is that the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit that God promises you when you believe in him and you trust in him, it's the exact same Holy Spirit that he delivered to Jesus Christ and that indwelled Jesus Christ and empowered him in his ministry that allowed, that, that allowed him to, to, to heal the sick and to, to give blind sight, and to bring the dead to life again. That same Holy Spirit that, that did that work and that power through Christ is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. And if you know that, and if you, you believe that, and you walk your life in that truth, there is nothing that, that can come against you that you can't overcome. Jesus Christ promises that, that, the, that we, we will not only we will confront the gates of hell, we will, we will attack Satan and they will not be able to stand up against it as a church because that church is, 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 is brought together by his spirit. And he brings us, and, and even though that we're separated from each other right now, we still have that same spirit bringing us together too. And we are his presence. And as, as you venture out and as you begin to interact in the world again, that's that spirit, you are his temple, you are his church making an impact in this world. 
and you can be filled with his presence. And that can give you amazing strength. And so finally, not only can we just be filled with his spirit, but we, can, we, we need to stop fighting against what God is doing in our lives. And this is how we finish up the psalm. Verse, verse 8. It says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And what, what the psalmist here is reminding us to do is that, that we need to, at difficult times, remember. Remember the way that God has been faithful to you. And don't forget those times. And can you imagine the vision that, that the people of Jerusalem were seeing as, as they woke up that morning and as the dawn broke and they were expecting to see this, this huge army surrounding their city again and they looked out over those walls and it was decimated. The army destroyed. And I'm sure they, 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 there was no way that they could take all of, the, all of the, the, the weapons of war back to Assyria with them. And instead of leaving them for, for, for the people of, of, of Jerusalem to, to use against battle, I'm sure that they, they destroyed all of their weapons and they broke all their spears and they let all their chariots on fire. So literally this happened. And God can do that. God can, if he so chooses, destroy an army in one night. And I want you to take trust in that, church. I want you to find hope in that, that that if God so chooses, he can make whatever you are facing in your life, whether it be a virus, whether it be a family situation, whether it be something that's going on in work, maybe it's, it's, it's upcoming unemployment, that God can, can, and I'm not promising that he will, he can make those things go away. But what, what he requires of us is that we need to stop fighting against what he's doing. We need to stop fighting against what he is doing. And that is the call to us. It says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. And this has, this has a, a challenge for, for, for those of us who, who are outside of the church. And, and maybe you are, are tuning into this, this message and you, you, you may not be a follower of Christ, but maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And you heard about, about Hezekiah and you heard about his, his, his giving up and, 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 and submitting to the sacrifice and, and, and trusting in Christ. And trusting in what God had provided for him in his sin. And you know that you need to make that decision. I challenge you today. I challenge you to make that decision. I challenge you to trust in Christ and what he did on that cross. And how he paid the price for your sin. Are you willing to, to be still before God? And the idea here is not just to, to lay low and to sit still. The idea of, of what he means here is to, 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 to lay down your arms to lift your hands up in surrender, knowing that you can't fight against a God that is that powerful. And he may be calling you and he may be challenging you today to do that. So I challenge you, if you don't know Christ, I challenge you to give up today. 
And today, I, church, I ask you to look inside of your, your heart. And I want you to, to, to look and see where God may be working in you. And he may be telling you to give something up today. He may be challenging you to say, you know what, I have something for you to give up. And, and you don't have to feel bad about that, church. You don't have to feel like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm less of a Christian. I'm, I'm not a good believer because I'm struggling with something right now. I want to I encourage you because, because we follow a Savior who had the same struggles. We had a Savior who, who went to the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before he, he, he sacrificed on the cross. And he, he pled with God. He pled with God to the point where he was, he was shedding blood through his sweat. Because he knew the challenge that was before him. And he, he, he literally asked, God, if there is any way that you could take this cup from me, if there's an, an, any possible way for us to be able to not, for me not to have to be able to go through what I'm going to go through, make that so. But if God, if it is your will, I submit to that. I submit to your will, God. And ultimately, he did. There was no other way. And he sacrificed and he gave up his will to be able to submit to the Father's will. And he stopped fighting. And he lifted his hands up in surrender. So Christian, I ask you, I ask you this today, are you, are, is there something that you're holding on to? Are you fighting against God? Are you, are you willing to come to him and surrender because you, you can't fight against him? And I'm going to close with this story. If, in, last, last spring, I took a group of students down to Mexico, to Oaxaca, to do, to do missions work. And, and we, we built a, a, we laid the foundation, or, or the, 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 the concrete pad for a, a basketball court down there. And we did a lot of different stuff down there too. And, and we were coming towards the end of our week, and, and we were tired, and we were sunburned, and, and we were kind of standing, just kind of overlooking the area that, that we had been working in. And over to the left was that basketball court that we, that we had poured. And, and over here was this garden area. And, and down the hill, probably about a, a hundred yards, was kind of this pile of, of, of weeds and brush that, that needed to be taken care of. And, and there was a man who, who lived there at the, at the mission that we worked. And his story was that he was living up in one of the villages in the mountains of, of Oaxaca. And he was... He was oppressed by alcoholism and his life was torn to shreds he was he was the village drunk and he was he he was so he was such a nuisance that the the, the village kicked him out and and sent him away and he had nowhere to go and he ended up living at this at this mission and he gloriously came to know christ and he 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 gave up alcohol and he gave up everything that, that was surrendering him, but he had no place to go. So he, he lived there on, on, the, on, the, on the mission, and he just did odd jobs around there. And on that particular day, he was the one that was charged with, with, with burning those weeds. And so he started the fire going, and he started getting, getting the, the flames going. And, and the flames and started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and the space that he had provided for that, just there wasn't enough room. And, and, and the flames began to go onto, onto the grass, and it was, it was the dry season. The wet season hadn't hit yet. And it began to burn. And if you've ever seen a grass fire before, you know that it begins to spread everywhere. And, and he began to grab just lumps of dirt, and he tried to begin to throw, throw lumps of dirt. And, and we're standing 100 yards out, and we're just looking. And, and first of all, we thought, and, and we thought it wasn't that big of a deal. He'd be able to get it out. But then we saw, began to see it grow and grow and grow. And we look, and then he begin, and he looks up the hill, and he just looks at 
looks at me and, and, and the person who's sitting next to me and he just throws his hands up and he says, I can't, I can't do this. I can't fight this fire. It's more than I can handle. And at that moment, if you don't, I've, I've, I was trained in aircraft firefighting. I have some firefighting skills. We, we went and we, there was a, a hose and a pump. And so we, we got the pump going and we got the hose and we dragged the hose, those 100 those yards over there, and, and we began to fight that fire and we, we, we put that fire out. But he was at a loss. He was at a loss and he just threw up his hands and said, I can't do anything. I, I need help. Are you there this morning? Can you throw up your hands and say that you need help? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, I thank you for this privilege of being able to, to open up your word and to read through this psalm and this challenge of being able to, to trust in you, you being the God who is our, our refuge, our strength, our fortress, to be the one that we can rely on in, in difficult times. And Lord, I would just pray that, that we as a church would be able to, to live that out we as families would be able to live that out. We as individuals would be able to li- live that out so that we can be what you called us to be, a city on a hill, that we can be a light to this world. And even though they may be afraid and they may be fearful, they can see God's people and they can see us trusting in the God who's in control of this world and that we will not be living in fear. God, we just we love you. Again, we thank you for these students that we were able to celebrate, Lord, and we just pray again for your hand of blessing on them. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name.